Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your team, Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hi, everyone. Tommy here. Um, the musical we're talking about today deals with some heavy topics. It's talking a lot about, among other things, suicide. And this can be, if, if you're in the kind of position where this can affect you, you might know about it. And so, you know, think about it before you listen to the show. This kind of stuff can be triggering, of course. Um, you know, Julie and I both want you to know that it's okay to not be okay. Um, and please do not hesitate to call. There's a, a wonderful service. There's a suicide hotline in America. It's 800-273-TALK. That's 800-273-8255. Give them a call. Or if you're in the UK, 116123, Jimmy tells me, you can talk with the Samaritans. Or wherever your nationality is, you know, give it a quick Google. It'll pop right up with something that can help you with someone who can talk to you and, you know, make sure that tomorrow is a good day too. Um, just wanted to drop this in here to make sure you're okay. All right, on with the podcast. Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theater Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with Bloody Marys and Blood Packs. Right? I mean, that's... <laughs> it's true. It's a, little, it's a little dark, but it's true. Yeah. Well, they're slowly becoming show appropriate. Blood these Packs? Bits as well. No, um, your weeklies. Oh, I understand. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which is, we're just going to be one big, I don't know, booze fest. <laughs> we already are one big booze fest. Damn right. Speaking of... Mm-hmm. What's on your lips? Uh, I've got a corn nut cocktail. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got a Slurpee. Ooh, I thought fun. it was obvious. You know, there's actually um, the the gay bar in Chicago sell their their hallmark is alcoholic Slurpees. Excellent. I thought we were going to say they're called Slurpee. <laughs> no, but that would be a great gay bar name. Shotgun. Yes. <laughs> Why? Why are we drinking these things today, Jimmy? <laughs> what a fabulous, what a fabulous question, Tommy. Let me answer it with another, um, with a statement at the start. <laughs> <laughs> so the show that we're going to be talking about today, Thomas, um, has had substantial rewrites for its licensable school version. 
um, including the entire rewriting of one of its, including the entire rewriting of one of its songs. The creators have said that they actually like this new song better than the original and are considering including it in all future versions. What show? What show? A lot of people got this one. A lot of people got this one. A Would you call people... this our, our most highly anticipated podcast? I think it could be. I think it is that too. scares me. Hopefully we'll do it right. We're talking about Heathers today. Heathers the Musical. I'm not gonna lie, I'm scared. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. people, what if we people get it love this show. I think people, at least contemporarily, the people in our world, the, our Broadway.com generation, mm-hmm. I think adore Heathers in a way that feels different than some other shows. Yeah, definitely. And, and we're definitely gonna tease out why that might be the case. Because that is yeah. definitely the case. That isn't yeah. a conjecture moment. That is cold hard facts. We've got some yeah. stats for you guys. Yeah. Um, so, what is it? So, Heather's has uh, book music and lyrics by Lawrence O'Keefe, who did Legally Blonde and Bat Boy, and mm-hmm. Kevin Murphy, who worked on Reefer Madness, mm-hmm. um, and is, of course, based on the 1988 cult classic film by the same name. Yep. Um, they were brought together, Lawrence O'Keefe, Kevin Murphy, they were brought together on this project. I think it's the first time that they'd worked together. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and... Uh, after writing it, they had a stage reading um, back in 2010 in New York City with Annalie Ashford, Jeremy Jordan, mm-hmm. um, which is fabulous. Uh, then they went over to LA and mm-hmm. had a really successful sellout try it there. And then they hopped over to the East Coast um, and opened off Broadway in 2014. And, and were... that's it's where the story ends, too. Yeah, which basi- is... yeah basically. They, they had no Broadway... Yeah, journey. which is, I mean, we will absolutely <laughs> hashtag subtitle of our music, of our of our podcast. We'll talk yeah. about this in a we'll bit, but it, it is for as successful as a musical it's been, it's very strange that it never had a Broadway run. Yeah, but there's lots of things surrounding that and there may be plans, there may be... Who knows? There's, there's also lots of things going on. There's talk of a, of a television series. And, yeah, which is... Ooh, right? Weird. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Um so Heather's, if you don't know, um, mm-hmm. basically, well, Heather's the musical. We're going to be concentrating on that, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, basically sees uh, a teenage girl called Veronica Sawyer. Mm-hmm. And she is, well, was a geek um, and gets transformed um, by kind of working her way into the popular clique um, mm-hmm. Or click if you are in the states. If you're American, 
um, <laughs> called The Heathers, mm-hmm. which is populated by Heather Chandler, Heather Duke, and Heather McNamara. Mm-hmm. Heather Chandler is the leader of them all. She um, is. She's and, a mythic bitch. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's very this this movie at least existed as kind of a prototype for that kind of Mean Girls style movie, um, at least in the first half. Um, yes, it's about the the perils of high school life and like trying to fit in and things like that. But then Veronica meets the new kid at school, JD. Um, mm-hmm. JD is uh, part of a kind of a drifter family and ends up at this high school. And some pretty serious chaos ensues. Yeah, it uh, kind of gets flipped on its head. Yeah, um, and and murders are afoot. <laughs> yeah, it's really it. This turns into a dark comedy very quickly. Yeah, and I think one of the darkest of dark comedies. Yeah, um, certainly on a musical theater stage. Like, yeah, you know where someone like Sweeney Todd, who you know has his fair share of murder, right. Um, is is slightly dark comedy. It airs more in the dark side. Yeah, this kind of treads the tightrope. Yeah, well, and it was where like I I I don't know about you, Jimmy, but I'm not particularly worried about barbers slitting people's throats and getting away with it, and then like you know their patrons being baked into meat pies. You've whereas, not visited like, London. You know what I'm saying <laughs> slashing left and right. Right. Um, whereas like some of the topics of Heather's. You know, teen suicide, school bombings, the whole, you know, school shootings. Like, these are very real, dark kind of things that, like, the 1988 movie was certainly progressive in addressing them in such a flippant way. Um, And then the musical, too, I would say. Exactly. And I think because it's it's so out there and because it's very, um, quite garish, in the way yeah. it deals with these things, um, it kind of creates this weird heightened sense of reality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and particularly in the movie, from the outset, you get that as you get this weird like sequence where basically they're they're playing croquet mm-hmm. and they're using Veronica's head as the end post. Yeah, you know, and that's the opening of the film, and you kind of get straight away. Okay, cool. We're not in we're not in serious land here. Right. Um, and the musical has a similar. Yeah, it sets you up too. Like there, yeah. when the Heathers enter, this the opening number in this musical is a wonderful epitome of how to do an exposition shot, an mm-hmm. exposition exposition song in musical theater. Yeah. Um, but like at the Heathers entrance, which is of course exactly as ethereal as it needs to be, um, and all the other characters are talking about like their opinions of the Heathers and like I wish I could be in love with the Heathers or I want you know I want to be like them, and then the one character is like I wish I could tie a Heather up in a warehouse and take pictures of her and leave her to be eaten by the rats. Yeah. And like it's just in the middle of nowhere, and it just it's just this little hint that like this is going to be a, maybe a little more ridiculous than you think. Mm-hmm. But maybe not. And, like, there's a darker edge to this that we won't get at until maybe halfway through Act 1. Yep. Yep. That kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, so let's get, 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 get into it and talk a little bit more about the darkness. these 30 hours getting Got no time to knock. I'm a dead girl walking. 
So Heather's, I mean, this is a dark comedy for sure. Uh, It's, you know, the, I think we can, we tread around the idea of bootlegs in most things, but the bootleg is a big part of the existence of this. And you, you watch bits and pieces of that. And it is, you know, if you just had the audience reaction to it, You'd be like, what What a fantastical farce I'm watching right now, you know? Totally. Like, how hilarious is this? But, like, people people get hurt in this show mm. in really serious and real ways. Um, mm. And maybe the only separation you have is that every once in a while we burst out into song. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, you know, I think this one very much leans on both the dark and the comedy halves of dark yep. comedy. Exactly, because the comedy, I mean, the comedy is laced all the way through, even in some of the saddest songs, they'll mm. still have that line that is that kind of like, ha ha, oh, ha, oh. Like, should I be oh, laughing? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so you, you never really get away from one or the other, because even, you know, if you're not out and out murdering someone, the mm. kind of bullying element and the yeah. manipulation element um, well, even, is I mean, always ju- there somewhere. You just stop right at the bullying element. Like, yeah. I've been in high school forever now in my life, whether I was in it as a human being or, like, Trying a really, really hard at your SATs, Try, just so not hard, Like, <laughs> going on year 15, one of these days I'll graduate. Um, but the, the bullying portrayed Steve in... Steve Holt, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the bullying portrayed in this musical is very real. It's yep. one of... I would say it's one of the most realistic... It's maybe the second most realistic bullying I've seen in a musical. The first is in Is There Life After High School, which gets really deep and dark. Um, Right. And I think that's a really important thing to note is a lot of these high school musicals, and we can include the high school musical. The the titular. um, Yeah. Yeah. That was the word I was looking for. um, In that, they Mm. sugarcoat this bullying and they make it like cutesy and light and... They never really get into the meat of it and understand that kids are like the cruelest people ever um, and have that potential to just go right into the mm-hmm. the teeth of it and the meat of yeah. it. Um, and Heather's very much does that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? From like the f- third word, you've got like homo, um, yep. freak, slut, short bus, burnout. Yeah. Lard lard ass. lard ass like these are these are hard hurtful words and yeah. i mean not you know language changes very quickly at the high school level but yeah. even even on the best of days i hear this sort of stuff yeah. in the hallways at every school i've ever been a part of um and like that kind of portrayal and that kind of setup you know it, it's definitely coded in this it, it's not sugar coated it's like satire coded like Uh you feel like from the outside oh this is so elevated and so ridiculous that it can't possibly be real and so then the moments where you relate to it the moments you see it as being very real Mm -hmm. are you know they're gobsmacking they're stunning like they stop they you know grind you to a halt in your tracks yeah um because of how very very real some of the the awful parts of high school life that are in this how very um yeah it's 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 really, I just think it's, I think it's a good thing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because it's that kind of thing. It's like, and it, you get that a lot in teaching where you worry about, sh- you know, you worry about exposing children to things and you worry about, 
um, oh, they shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't be thinking about this. They shouldn't be knowing about right. this. Right. But at the end of the day, all kids want to do is hear the things that they're hearing. Do you know what yeah. I mean? They're experiencing it, so why not teach them about what they're experiencing? Like, it's a part of their life and figuring, you know, trying to give them the 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 tools to deal with this. I mean, it's an interesting, I think, especially from an educational standpoint, it's an interesting balance to tread. So, like, this, mm-hmm. you know, this musical is very much based on a 1988 movie, so this is nothing new. Yeah. Um, but you look at the contemporary trend of something like Dear Evan Hansen, yeah. Um, or even what is that awful series? Thirteen ways. There, per, thirteen reasons why. That's what it's called. That's thirteen it. million reasons why. Something like that. Yeah. Um, they're they're perennial topics. They're evergreen topics. But it's definitely something that seems to be coming to a head in contemporary society. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much you see this, Jimmy. But it it is all over the rhetoric in um, the American education land, like. Mm-hmm. Teen depression and teen suicide is skyrocketing right now in a terrifying and awful way. Mm. Um, and of course, like all of these hyper-contemporary trends, no one knows quite why. Um, yeah. But all the reasons are circling around, like our our social our socio political sphere is not so great right now. Yeah. Um, our economic sphere is unpromising. Um, you know, the like unemployment is giving all sorts of kids trepidations and like everything from college debt. And like these kids are being raised in a place where very explicitly their future is very uncertain. Yep. Um, and then combine that with the, you know, teenage brain's inability to have like a, a full idea of what's going on. And of course, these things go up and of course, these things happen. And I do think. You know, it feels really dirty, but I think that's one of the reasons why these sorts of shows like Dear Evan Hansen, Heathers and 13 Reasons are seeing kind of a renaissance right now is because kids relate to them on a very visceral level. Well, I think it goes I think it goes all the way back to Spring Awakening. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? We've we've talked about this before. And we've tried to work out what happened, how the what we call the Broadway.com generation yeah. exploded. And we kind of pin it down to around the Spring Awakening time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about it. And it, one of the main things that all of these shows that we've just listed, all of these shows that, you know, the kids and the teens are really obsessing over and not in a, not necessarily in a like, faddy way mm. in a it, this pours into their heart way um, yeah and it's because they deal with these extremely real teenage issues yeah in an extremely real and frank way yeah you know there's there's no pussyfooting around it um you know something like spring where you, you've got the suicide of um moritz mm-hmm. um the confu- this kind of sexual confusion that lies there between, you know, Vendla and Melke. Um, mm-hmm. And then here in Heathers, we have re- like really similar themes. Yeah. And like, through. it's how interesting to see. And like, I, you know, I can't pull the date of Spring Awakening off my mind, but at least a couple centuries ago um, to now, 2014, 2017. <clears throat> yeah. It's like, we're seeing the same issues. Exactly. Um, and well, rear their it, ugly head but yeah. it, it feels it feels more extreme nowadays oh definitely of course it does and one of the main reasons why is because kids i don't i, I don't want 
I don't want to sound like one of these crappy adults mm-hmm. um, who are like, kids today. Um, mm. But in the sense that kids today are extremely smart and they're much smarter than yeah. well, we ever were. I and mean, it, it goes to the technological revolution. Like exactly. in, in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, if you wanted to paint that sugar-coated world for a kid... You absolutely could. Yeah. Be, like, if you were a teacher and you were like, it's going to be all right, it's going to be fine, even if that's not entirely true in the back of your mind, uh-huh. they can't go home and type into Google, is it actually going to be fine? Right, Whereas, exactly. like, nowadays, you know, I, it breaks my heart, but I had a kid the other day who was like, he walked into class and he was like, mister, have you seen this? And he held up his phone and it was one of those awful Facebook Live videos of some guy on the street shooting someone else. Right, exactly. And like, that was a thing he was just casually watching during the passing period between classes. Yeah. It's terrifying to me. It and, is. you know, we can't, and not that we, it, it, we feel a duty to like protect these kids from these uh-huh. sorts of things, but they are very real things in our world. Yeah. Um. It's you know it's an awful balance to try and have to strike. I know, but I think it's it's not even just a case of oh let's hide them away from it. It's it's let's educate them about it and let them understand what's going on because I think that's it. Is nobody then wants to address these things, right? You know, um, for like to take the example of teen suicide, particularly in our community, in our LGBT community. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's an issue wherever we go, but it's it's a serious issue. Yeah, for us. Um, and it's, you know, like there are organizations and you have things like the It Gets Better project um, mm-hmm. and the Trevor project out there to, to really support these teens, but it's not happening in the classroom. Right. These these teens are having to go out and try and find this. Yeah. And a lot of the time it won't be accessible to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, you know, teens who are now maybe like 14, 15, might not even know what the It Gets Better project was because right. it's kind of fizzled out because in some yeah. ways, what, we fixed the problem? Absolutely yeah. not. We absolutely right. didn't. It's a, We need that constant reminder there. Um, yeah. And because, I mean, yeah. All, all this to say, and I, to bringing it back to Heather's, I think this is the struggle with this kind of show. Um, the... You know, all of the medical associations in America, at least, say that there there are very serious repercussions to showing maybe suicidal teens portrayal of teen suicide. Like yeah. That can have a huge domino effect. And that's why you'll see um, suicide outbreaks and suicide epidemics yeah. in particular communities, because these things have a huge knock on effect. Um, but Heather's this this story, this show seems to have a very honest yet still hopeful kind of retelling of this moral. Um, You know, Veronica survives. Veronica makes it out the other end and that's, you know, hashtag that's good. Like, Uh it's like, it's worth it to continue on. And certainly, you know, (laughs) most of the suicides in the show aren't actually suicides, they're murders, um, which complicates things doubly. Yeah. and I think it is important to know in this show, no one actually successfully commits suicide. Right. Yeah. And that is actually, that is important to know because if they did, they couldn't, the show just couldn't go on. Yeah. Because it, 
it would need to be about that and you would need to address that whereas what it's about is this get is getting to that stage that really extreme stage yeah um, and that that seems to be some of the problem i haven't watched 13 reasons why but that seems to be at least in the in the faculty meetings we have about it some yeah. of the things that come out with it about like that make it more problematic is that it glorifies these suicides maybe a little bit mm. um but in something like heathers it's not about you know sui- suicide's not the answer because of course because of course you have more life to live and like yeah, you know exactly world... and it's that it's even in this kind of dark world it, it it does have that it gets better message yeah and veronica is there for everyone do you know yeah. what i mean in the end um so yeah i guess although i was thinking i was saying nobody commits suicide i guess minor spoiler alert um but listen to the show um i guess jd does in many ways i guess jd does and it's it's interesting like this is one of the fascinating things to me you know i i live my whole life in studying the structure of musical theater and like what is the question with any story you tell is like why today why are why are these why is this the moment in this fictional world you've created that is the story you need to tell um, mm-hmm. you know, because for Veronica has existed forever and JD has existed forever. And yep. like, why is this, why are these the days you're going to put on stage of their life? Um, yep. and JD, you know, this is, it's the archetypal stranger comes to town kind of story. This story has more in common with a story like the music man than you'd ever think. Um, cause it, you know, so someone shows up and causes the change in the town and everything dominoes from there. Um, yep. But JD, despite being the villain as explicitly as you can get, you know, he's messed up for his own external reasons. Um, yeah. And, like, the way the show portrays that, that's important, too, especially with him being the one successfully removing himself from the world and deciding mm-hmm. that, like, the world does not need me anymore because he, you know, he kind of reaches that conclusion that he's the broken part of the world um yep which you know that's sad too because no one is the broken part of the world like there's always you know uh veronica says it at the beginning of act two the the reprise of they were just 17 um Mm -hmm. like when the the football players are shot like everyone you know high school is the beginning of your life everyone has a future everyone changes everyone gets better um and to like for for those struggles to be so insurmountable that the only solution you have is to remove yourself from this world. Yeah. Like, every time I go through it, it legitimately makes me deeply, deeply sad and distraught. Mm. Mm. I, remember, I remember the first time I saw the film, mm-hmm. um, and I'm a huge fan. I am one of the, the Heather's cult people. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, it really, it really shook me. It really mm-hmm. shook me because... It was so frank and it was so shocking, and I think having seen Mean Girls first, because mm-hmm. you can't you can't escape the similarities between the two, right? Yeah, like, this this is you know, definitely Mean Girls a, is Diet Heather's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's Diet Heather's, yeah. um, and uh, like I think I was expecting a Mean Girls. I was expecting you know mm-hmm. just eighties Mean Girls, something more like right. Clueless, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then what I got was completely different, and it really, it really shook me up. Yeah. Um, and I, because it's interesting, because with with the character of JD, 
it's a really it's a really tough one because you shouldn't ever laud what he does you shouldn't ever mm-hmm. be like it's okay what he did the committing mm-hmm. murder thing it's just because you know he's troubled like murder is very bad and yeah. um you know the kind of journey that veronica goes on where she allows that to happen mm-hmm. um is what a is flawed it? thing is majorly yeah. flawed what's her um, what's her very hilarious line that's like my my teenage bullshit has a body count or something yes, like exactly, that exactly exactly yeah. um and it's, it's it's strange i think though with characters like that because when i was younger and mm-hmm. a bit more dark-sided and you know i i would have been the like jack kerouac beat mm-hmm. generation Mm-hmm. If I was there, that kind of thing, and if I right. didn't have kind of musical theater to keep me happy um <laughs> but you you kind of get attracted to these characters and i always mm-hmm. I always kind of think about um do you watch American horror story? I've seen bits and pieces, yeah, so there's a character in that um in the first season um called mm-hmm. Tate Langdon um and he uh is extremely troubled um you know he goes into school with a gun uh mm-hmm. like there's lots of you know, really, really dark things. Um, but one of the things that I don't know if this troubles me or I'm just a bit like, okay, I kind of get it. I don't know where I am yet on it. Um, mm-hmm. Is looking at kids' reactions to these characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? These dark warning characters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're moralistic warning characters. Well, and it's, um, And yet I've, they're like mm-hmm. falling in love with them. Right. And it's that you know it's the um they get the edward cullen treatment yeah yeah no it's it's really i i really struggle with this kind of show and we might talk about it in a second with the idea of heather's 101 yeah. um and the the school adaptation but so this movie came out in 1988 um you know 1988 before high schools in america had lockdown drills you know, um, Columbine was in 1999. Yep. Virginia Tech was in 2007. Um, like, and certainly this movie latched onto something that was very real and very much in the zeitgeist of like American teen life. And, you know, there, there are a million other examples too, which is the saddest thing in the world. Um, yeah. But to see it in this kind of, you know, not, not, not quite glorified. But you, in the same... Sweeney Todd is an apt comparison because at the end of Act 1 in Sweeney Todd, you're like, okay, I understand you. Your life has been awful and I I appreciate where you're coming from. And in the same way with Heather's at the end of Act 1 during Our Love is God, maybe not as explicitly, but you're like, oh, huh, yeah, they've been fucked over. Like, man, life for a high schooler is tough, but... That does, you can't blow up a gym because of it, you know? Exactly, exactly. Like You go on that and, same kind of mental journey that Veronica goes on. Herself, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's why it's so successful. That's why it's so popular is because it yeah. really challenges your conceptions with this. Um, exactly. And, like, hides it under the laughter of fart jokes and sex jokes. Um, yeah. And no fart jokes. There are no fart jokes. There are no fart jokes. There are vomit jokes. I'm okay with vomit. Well... <laughs> Not in here this way, it's so explicit, but it happens once and that's fine. It's part of the story. It happens um, all the way. She dies and she's like vomiting up corn nuts for the rest of the show. It's drain cleaner, but <laughs> it's 
fine. By the way, sorry, just to get this clear, what are coordinates? Oh God, I don't know. I think oh. it's uh, uh, it's I I would not know where to find coordinates at a local Seven Eleven. Because I know what? how much you guys love corn. We just have a lot of corn. I don't particularly yeah. love corn. It it sounds like a snack food. I'm sure they chose it because corn nuts is funny to say in the same way that pickle is funny to say. I love pickles. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Okay, well, we were almost at a segue and then I ruined it. But let's have a little chat about why this show is so successful. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I trade my life for yours. We'll make them disappear. We'll plant our garden here. Our love is God. 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 So, I mean, there's no getting away from it. This show is huge. Yeah. And I think for as much as we talk about, you know, our our patented copyright Jim and Tomic heavy topics, yep. this this show is well constructed. It is it is good. Like, if you look at it from an analytical musical theater standpoint, it is a rock solid show. Yeah, completely. Completely. It's you know, it 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 does everything it needs to do really really well yeah and has a really exciting score to go along with it yeah i mean mean? can i even talk about like the uh the musical theater structure of the reprise like you're gonna bring back a song again so that the audience remembers it and this show does it very overtly with the song dead girl walking yeah um which we see in the first act the concept is dead girl walking almost as a metaphor. Like Veronica is going to go back to school the next day and her life is going to be ruined by the Heathers because, you know, she's fallen out of that social critique. But then act two, she fake commits suicide and then goes back to the school to like save it from everything. A school which assumes she's dead. And so she becomes the dead girl walking like to repurpose a song in your reprise to give it a new meaning. That's perfect. And it's so multi-leveled. Like that's how you use like gypsy. That's that's gypsy quality. Yeah. You know, let me entertain you. Like it's that is some masterful, smart, smart stuff. Yeah. Um, that Lawrence O'Keefe is extremely good at. Yes. Briefly, let's chat about Lawrence O'Keefe. Well, no, we can just say he's great. He's great. I mean, I would say Legally Blonde has certainly seen maybe larger life than Heather's, but I think Heather's is the best. Is Heather's will be his thing that, you know, I think everyone will remember him for. It's like, the, it's... obviously... It's the most it's the most artful thing. It feels like the most artistic thing. 
in in mm-hmm. its execution. You know, legal, yeah, legally, yeah, definitely. legally Blonde is a good direct adaptation of a movie. Bat Boy is bizarre, um, but well done. But yeah. like Heather's takes the source material, turns it into something that is both, you know, very directly honoring the original source material while also mm-hmm. bringing a whole new layer of, uh, you know, nuance and intricacy to it. Yep. For sure. And uh, to be honest, I think he did that with Legally Blonde as well. Like, he's just good at adapting movies. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That is, a, that is a gift that he has. Um, and long may it continue. Like, yeah. gosh, if I was adapting a movie, I would hand it to him. Do you yeah. know? I would just be like, do it for me, please. Yep. Do it really well. Yeah. Um, so, right. One of the, I think the main thing, and we talked about it in our quiz question. Um, one of the things that we really need to honor O'Keefe and Murphy for here mm-hmm. is um how they honor schools yeah they they get this and this is one thing that i really think is fabulous um you know a lot of your writers that uh are writing for broadway um slap so many restrictions and make Mm -hmm. you have to jump through all of these hoops to perform their shows you just look Um, at les mis school edition which like Right. Les, Mis, Les Mis School Edition, I don't know if you know this, Jimmy, doesn't have the confrontation in it. I've been, I've been in Les Mis School Edition, so yeah. Uh, like, like and There's so much missing. There's like parts of the plot missing. Mm-hmm. Well, and, some, you know, something like Into the Woods mm-hmm. School Edition. Well, or uh, Into the, the Woods whole Junior. So I don't know if this is the same way in the UK, but there are two distinct separations I see in America. Um, there are school editions and junior versions, mm-hmm. and they're marketed towards different age demographics. Um, school editions are generally high school marketed, right. um, and you find them from all sorts of different licensing companies. Right. Um, so they might take out some vulgarity, they might rewrite some songs, um, they might like change the keys for a couple things. Yep. And then there are junior editions, which right. are more marketed towards the elementary middle school market. Um, okay. And so those are dumbed down in a very different way. Um, okay. They're like, the, they're, they're created in such a way so that you can take the title of a recognizable thing and perform it with middle schoolers in a believable way. And so okay, that cool. is something like Into the Woods Jr. or the barbaric... Uh, Madagascar Junior. Um, <laughs> uh huh. Don't get me started. Every, I um, mean, most things have a junior now. Like Lion King's got junior. Lion King, Aladdin Junior. But so this is the thing: Lion King has a junior edition, but not a school edition, because yeah. Disney does not want high schoolers trying to replicate the Broadway production. Okay, they're like trying to drive a wall between those two things. And so this yeah. is to say, Heather's has a school edition but not a junior edition. And like right, okay, cool. school editions feel like they're like, what are the cup? What is the bare minimum number of changes we can do to make this appropriate for high schoolers? Mm-hmm. Where junior editions are like, what are the couple things we need to include to make this still seem like the original musical when middle schoolers perform it? Right. Okay. okay and so it's, it's a different ideology. I feel. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I think what these guys are doing is kind of what no one has really done for a school edition so far. Yes. Um, yeah. 
certainly i mean obviously i you know i can only talk about school editions that i've done uh-huh. um and the experiences that i've had from there uh yeah but what o'keefe and murphy have done is they really sat down and thought about how can we make a really important and valid show they're yeah. not thinking oh we have to do this so we can make a bit more money let's right. cut that one it's, here it's These where they're really even lyrics. like i would i would put them higher on the ladder there than even like steve sondheim himself um yeah i would cause... too no completely because and i've we talked about this before in sweeney like yeah i don't think steve sondheim really cares that much about high schoolers doing his shows no like in some extents he does but like in the rewrites it's like fine if you're really offended by this let me write something that's you know so rubber baby buggy bumper is that like yeah no one will ever be offended by it exactly exactly um fame you know can't yeah. keep it cool avenue yeah. q yeah, the uh, my social life is online. In fact, I think Avenue Q's are a really important one to talk about here because yeah. Avenue Q in their school edition. I mean, for, I mean, first of all, should there be an Avenue Q school edition? I this, guess so because But this uh, is I think the discussion to have because right. Avenue Q Avenue Q is a show where its shtick is vulgarity. Yes. Like explicitly show Explicitly so. Kate Monster drops the F-bomb in the first song so that you know this is this ain't your old Sesame Street. Yeah, like, exactly. the puppets swear in the show, and they have sex, and they have boobs, and they have problems. Right. Um, whereas, and Avenue like, Q isn't Avenue Q without that. Right, exactly. It's not, it's just Sesame Street at that exactly. point. Exactly. Whereas, like, Heather's is an honest discussion of high school life. Yeah. And so finding the adaptation where you can do 80% of it and then like the 20% is to appease the the church lady moms who can't get by some of the other stuff yeah. that becomes important whereas Absolutely. like i you know i don't think avenue q the school edition spurs the same kind of social discussion that heather's 101 does when exactly. performed by a high school group avenue q school edition is there so that high schools can do it and Avenue Q's producers can make a bit more money. Yeah, exactly. Because or, they want to do it. Because they think, oh, it's Avenue Q. They get it. And they're like, this isn't Avenue Q. Right. It's a, it's a different you know? show. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, um, O'Keefe and Murphy, they've talked a lot about this, which I think is really good, actually. And it might just be publicity. I don't really mind because I really agree with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but so with Heather's 101, which is what they're calling their, their school edition, mm-hmm. um, they are... They're really, I mean, they've they've said a lot that this show almost should be performed by high schoolers. Yeah. Because when they've seen it performed by high schools, when they've been workshopping mm-hmm. um, some of the new content, um, they said it's more moving, mm-hmm. it's more real, it's more scary. Yeah. Um, because instead of, you know, a 20-something-year-old uh who's young and, and believable in the role, um, right. you know, talking about suicide and their pains and things like that, it's not real because they, they've they kind of moved on from those pains and they understand that that's in the past. It's a reflection. Right. Um, whereas when a high schooler whose, you know, peers are having these exact same feelings, mm-hmm. are talking about these things, that is really chilling and yeah. that is really important. Yeah. And these guys totally get it. They're yeah. not coming in to like, oh, we'll just cut that, we'll rinse that out. 
they right. are honoring you know and i think again so this is a really good point to make and you said it earlier is to appease the nuns and to appease the yep. you know snooty mothers it's not to appease the teenagers they know all this shit they know on, all this stuff exactly right i mean the reason they love heathers is because they've listened to the original Gavagorn yeah exactly heathers. like they're they don't they they're we're not pretending that they haven't heard the other the swear words they're supposed to be singing right it's it's really, it's like, we talked about, the, it's the merrily we roll along conundrum. Like, you, teenagers don't have access to that life experience for a lot of the shows we put them in about yeah. 20-somethings, 30-somethings, 40-somethings later in their life. And it's still fine. Like, that's the joy of being a, a high school performer is you right, get to exactly. pretend what it's like to be an adult. When you do, you can't take it with you or our town or, you know, yeah. all these sorts of things. But then... To have teenagers playing teenagers on stage, there is something like it's real. It's just real because they know it's it. Real. And yeah, I just think I just think it must be very almost therapeutic. I can imagine mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you get to work through all these thoughts. I mean, theater is therapy. Any adult roles I've played or even directed, um, you get to go through it and you get to kind of work through these emotions in a safe space. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, and come out the other side and reflect on it. It's not directly happened to you, but you've right. been able to work through it. Yeah. Um, to have those opportunities as a teenager, to be able to have those discussions in a frank manner, um, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's really fantastic. Well, and then you're, you know, as with any theater piece, you're bringing it to a community. Like it doesn't exist just in the rehearsal hall. You then show it to everyone. Totally. Um, which is why, you know, every time a, a North Shore, Illinois school performs the music man about feeling weird about an outsider coming into town, I always right. think, like, have you really thought this through? Do you really, like, you know, not that, I, like, I'm asking you to be really, really intense about thinking about the inner machinations of the music man, but, like, yeah. your community is pretty closed off. Do you realize that, like, you are Iowa stubborn? Um, and yeah. so then... right. To see that sort of thing in Heather's, we're like, we're not pretending. This is not a metaphor. They're in a high school. Like, this is one-to-one realness. That's powerful. That's important. Totally. Totally. Um, want to talk just a little bit about um, what we, again, what we talked about in the quiz question. So, um, obviously, we're saying that they've uh, rewritten one of their songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they actually like this new song a lot better. So, so the song, and- that, yeah, the song <laughs> they've rewritten is is Blue. Uh-huh. Um, and we'll talk about what that's about in a second. And they've replaced it with a song called You're Welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, so this happens in the show um, at a point where uh, Heather's been brought out by, uh, not Heather, sorry, Veronica's been Veronica. brought out um, by Heather Duke uh, or the, uh, who knows. Yeah, red, Emma red and yellow. No, no, green and yellow. Heather. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> red Heather's dead now, um, and the two jock characters, um, Curtin mm-hmm. and Ram, are uh, there, and they've they've been fooling around in mm-hmm. the film. They're tipping cows. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sad they didn't bring the cow tipping into. Yeah, it's, it's kind of sad. It's but a very, that's okay. We it's a very Midwest it. thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, but they're, they're drunk. They're horny. And doesn't doesn't Veronica have a line where it's like, wait, you were about to be date raped. And so the way you were going to get out of the date rape was by calling me to be a stand in for your date rape. Exactly. That is exactly how it happens. Um, And 
you know, the guys are like, hey, it's fine. It's just, it's this classic conversation that we mm. all know and love um, that, you know, that this is this is a real real thing this is happening it's a very 24 7 it's constant yeah consent and all of that um anyway uh blue is about blue balls yep they 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 subscribe they subscribe to the dance 10 looks three school of titling your song absolutely you you don't don't give away your punchline in your title Yes, um, and the uh, the blue balls is symptomatic of. Um, let me get this right. Hang on. Uh, epididymal hypertension. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your uh, clinical accuracy. Thank you. Science degree, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's, that's all I talked about. Um, and so they've replaced it with a song called "You're Welcome." Which is basically where the the guys are coming at Veronica being like, hey, you should feel really grateful for the fact that we're coming on to you because you're that means you're hot. Yeah. And how many times have we heard yeah. that it's, same it's, story? So I will say I've listened to your welcome. Mm. I, I do think technically from like a musical theater analytical standpoint, I yeah. do enjoy Blue more. Yeah. Um, I think it has better wordplay. Um, yeah. You know, I, I enjoy some of the rhymes more, but that is secondary. Um, because a song where the chorus is, you make my balls so blue, is not a song that you can ask teenagers to perform for their parents. Like, you just can't. There, No one, no one will feel comfortable during this mm-hmm. in in a heightened way. Like, this song creates an uncomfortableness from any audience performer standpoint. But the thing O'Keefe and Murphy understand is like in a high school context, there's an elevated layer there is your audience knows the actors. And so there's a little more tact and separation and understanding needed there. Not to mention we're putting a like we're we're looking at date rape with some pretty rosy haha comical glasses in this kind of song um yeah. like in a way that makes it very real through the the satire but like like ha, 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 oh man yep we're gonna have sex with you and you're gonna like it like no not okay um but so it's a great replacement i love it in its conceit, it really in its is. Intent. And it, the thing is, is like what I like about it is they've not just said, "Okay, we'll do it." Like, um, you make my heart so blue every right. time you leave me. It's, it's not, not like that. It's not um, Grease School Edition, where um, what is it, Sandra D, um, which is a song about some really deep like maybe getting accidentally pregnant and like not fitting in in high school but there's a school edition where that subplot is totally wiped from the book and so rizzo just sings this song out of nowhere Uh um Um, and fame you know can't keep it down about unwanted erections right turned into can't keep it cool yeah about getting annoyed and flustered yeah or as we mentioned, the internet is for porn turning into my social life is online. online. Exactly. Like it, it loses these... it loses the grit without that underlying. Absolutely. So what these guys have done is what every single writer should do is wanting to do it at school edition. Mm-hmm. Um, they've written 
a new song that has just as much importance that you could just literally supplant yeah. um, into the production and it would still work. And, you know, like we said, they're considering doing it. So maybe that'll even yeah. happen. It'll be interesting. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I've been very, perusing very just some of the other changes through mm-hmm. Heather's 101 and they really seem to have done it with care. Yeah. Um, you know, it's always like your first pass is how many swear words can we cut? Um, how yep. many drug references can we cut? This is some some of the same, like the difference between rent and rent school edition. Mm-hmm. Um, I love in, um, uh, what is the 7-Eleven song? Um, in Freeze Your Brain. Freeze Your Brain. Um, there's one references, one reference where JD talks about uh, the slushies being his cocaine. Uh-huh. And... Yeah. In the school edition, they changed that rhyme f- to it being his Novocaine. Hey. Um, which is, what a what an elegant particular solution. You've even kept the rhyme with freeze your brain, Novocaine, or cocaine. Exactly. Um, and like, and then you, you've been able to remove a drug reference. Before we had Novocaine, we used cocaine. Yeah, exactly. So it's, like, it's just science. It's, it's just great. science, guys. The, I've never, I think... There's there's a, a school edition of title of show that comes really close um, yep. t- to being as delicately structured and like very intentionally structured, um, but a- every school edition should be like this. Yeah, you know, in a perfect world we don't need school editions. In our semi unperfect world, we need one on one editions like Heather's. Yeah, exactly. Um, and all of this to say, uh, O'Keefe and Murphy have realized that this is where this show is going to get its salt. Yeah. Um, it never made it never made it to Broadway, but that's really okay because it is loved by so many mm-hmm. and so many of these teens are wanting to do this show in their high school and mm-hmm. they've been so savvy to be like, okay, if this is how we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it right. Yeah. Um and because they've treated it well and because they've created a high quality edition mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it means that it will do extremely well so yeah. mad props mad props yeah. to them no it's it's just one it's really inspiring honestly yep yeah it is it is and it is i hope other writers consider how important it is yeah because it's like it's it's certainly, even from an academic perspective, just an interesting challenge to, like, have to write a musical that would be appropriate for high school. Um, yeah. And, you know, you're dealing with so many variables. Like, we got in trouble in high school for doing the pajama game because it has some discussions of, like, going to a bar and being drunk, um, which I think... serious? Uh, yep. And, like, they're the most n- naff, unimportant, like, ridiculous portrayals of drunkenness ever and we still got in trouble for it so you never know but then like you have something like spelling bee where the school replacement is instead of my unfortunate direction my unfortunate distraction where there's no one in the audience who's not supplanting erection for distraction every time it's sung and so what you know where do you strike your balance where do you find your place where you think you're gonna be you know financially viable like still have schools that perform this and like yep. meet that conservative christian majority you know it's the same thing we talked about in like hello dolly where you know you you put a black cast in front of a white audience like you're you're tricking these audiences into seeing something 
they might not have seen otherwise mm-hmm. um, by, you know, by crafting it in a really particular way. Exactly. Exactly. So well done, man. Good for you. Well done. Hugging my knees and the captain is pointing. Well, who made her captain? Still the weakest must go. The tiniest lifeboat. Now, as well as having a great life in high school, the reason it has a great life in high school is because of its huge... I hope that was big enough. (laughs) Huge life Mm -hmm. on the internet. Oh, yes. I mean, I'm typing Heather's musical into YouTube right now. And maybe beyond the playlist and the ads they show me for the movie, um, the first thing, you know, we we tread lightly around the concept of bootlegs during this podcast, but we're yeah. going to go full in right now. Um, number three result, Heather's the Musical Full Show 2017, full on bootleg, almost a million views um, yeah. posted two months ago. And this has happened for a while now. Yeah. This like, is like since it was off broadway yeah it has been happening um and i kind of straight off the bat i really i am interested to know what keith and murphy think about this mm-hmm. do you know what i mean because and now we've talked we have talked about bootlegs before so we won't open up that can of worms again um but one of the things that we talked about was okay if a show is closed Right. Um, and this was a lot of people's opinion as well when we had the discussion was, okay, if a show is closed, you're never going to see that again. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's finished. So it's, is it okay then to watch yeah. the bootleg? Um, and there's there's reasons for both sides. Um, mm-hmm. I feel for something like Heather's, no, no one on that staff would be like, no, we want rid of this bootleg. <laughs> Do you know right. what I mean? Exactly. Because they're they're not they're not sitting on an alternative that's later gonna you know make them any kind of financial profit, which would be, I think, the one appropriate consideration to have. Yeah. Um. You know, we talk about these sort like <sighs> copyright and intellectual property is always a tricky subject, and yep. like, are, you know, can someone experience the thing you've created outside of the context through which you want it to be experienced? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, default answer is no, but there's, I don't know a better experience interested parties would have other than a bootleg on YouTube nowadays. You know what I mean? Right. Like people, you know, these are people who would gladly go buy a ticket to go see it somewhere if they could and they can't. And so, you know, might as well experience the art and the content and the idea and the moral somehow yeah exactly like and it's interesting because you know when we talked about it with hamilton um i was like there's no way that people would watch the bootleg and then fork out all of this money to go for a ticket right i think because these these kids and not even just kids like everyone who watched it loves it um 
love this show so much that they probably would move hell or high water yeah to see it in yeah. person um and again and again and again see it um yeah. another it, stat to throw out there so the cast mm-hmm. recording and i'm not even sure if this is official or not i think it might be partially official <laughs> yeah <laughs> because it's all it's, it's been there for a long time um the whole thing is on youtube the whole cast recording is on youtube um with all the lyrics and they're currently approaching 20 million views across the whole that's, thing that's cr- that's crazy huge. this is a musical theater show that was off broadway yeah i mean like that's that's close to some pop song youtube videos like exactly yeah this isn't heather's musical number like yeah, yeah exactly it's, it's it's just fascinating i think yeah and so you have to wonder like what what is it about it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, I do. Why I do Heather's? Think, I think part of it is, and you know, who knows why? What's the cause of this? But it has struck that like Goldilocks zone of popularity. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't gone past it in a Hamilton or Cats or Phantom kind of way, where yeah. like it's or you know Wicked or whatever, um, yeah. where it becomes so popular that it's uncool to like it, um, mm-hmm. like. You know, my th- there are people I know who would never listen to musical theater in their life who know what mu- what Wicked and Hamilton are about. Yeah. You know, maybe have heard a couple songs because it's entered that pop culture. Whereas, like, you have to search for Heather's. You have mm-hmm. to like go out and listen to Heather's. Heather's isn't going to encounter you on the radio, mm-hmm. um, and so that makes it feel more legitimate somehow. Uh-huh. It's, um, it's more your thing. Do you know yeah, what I mean? exactly. It can be your thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And be like, look at this cool musical that I love, Heather's. Not a lot of people have heard about it. And like, spoiler alert, a lot of people have heard about it. Yeah. But you still get to feel that way in an honest, legitimate fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like, you know, the video I posted a couple weeks ago where it's like 10 songs from musicals you've never heard of. And I get comments that are like, have you heard about the musical You're in Town? Not many yeah. people have heard about it. And like, yeah, plenty of people have heard about You're in Town. Yeah, it exactly. one best musical. Like, calm down a little bit. But like, uh, Heather's, not many people have heard about it, even though a bunch of people have heard about it. Yeah. But so the thing is, is like, those people are online. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's this internet community that has heard about it and loves it. Uh-huh. Um, and this is what I found fascinating. So I had a fun little adventure uh-huh. um, delving into their community and uh-huh. seeing. Do they know, do they have a do they have a demonym? Do they have a name for all of themselves? Uh, by the way, I've yet to find one. I can only assume yeah. they just call themselves the Heathers. That's a good name. That's better than like right. You know, Newsies the trash. The Heatherettes. Yeah, um, there's nothing wrong with being Newsies trash, Thomas. I mean, I don't want... And anyway, I, we call ourselves <laughs> fanzies, so... And my apologies for getting the names wrong. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, right, so I had a great, great time. So I, I kind of scurred a couple of places. It has a huge, huge existence on YouTube. It seems like YouTube is probably its biggest yeah. social media land. Um, yeah. More so than Tumblr. Normally, Tumblr is where the fandom Normally, Tumblr is where the ha- fandom lives, yeah. Absolutely, um, but it seems like YouTube seems to base, and that kind of makes sense because it's it's the origin. The bootleg was on YouTube, and that's yeah. where everyone has their first experience with Heather's. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the things that have come out from it are these things called animatics. What a weird! As someone who makes musical theater YouTube videos, I find this so strange. Yeah, but then I guess it's like 
you know, when we were teens, mm-hmm. it was just, I guess, like slash fiction. Yeah. Do you know, I'm, I bring slash up because we're, we're gay men and, you know, but hey. But it's totally I dabbled. I dabbled. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's, um, you I know, there's a favorites. whole bunch of... There's a whole bunch of people now who have like made it their mission to find your slash fiction still existing on your Zanga somewhere. Good luck. Um, <laughs> I'm saying nothing. I had different systems back then, guys. We're as in Hendrix.LiveJournal.com or whatever. <laughs> Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. There is a live journal, though. Good luck. And Godspeed. Um, but, yeah, so... These animatics are fantastic. I had no idea these were a thing um, until I found them in Heather's. So what they are, for people who don't know, um, is basically fantastic artists um, basically draw the songs. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that... That's That's a a good... I mean, for me, what it really feels like is a stand-in for a music video is like... Mm -hmm. If this, you know, and we see this for the popular Broadway shows, at least now. I feel like, especially in 2017, really specifically in 2017, yeah. um, the the Broadway spread has finally gotten savvy about internet video, um, yeah. and especially internet music video. Like, there was just a teaser, uh, quote-unquote, music video of a Patti Lapone song from Warpaint. Right. Um, and it's just her in the studio and it's not even the whole song. But they've still, they've finally figured out that like this is a place people will go to look for these things. Yeah. And like relive it in this new, slightly different context as a way of reliving the whole experience outside the musical. Um, Absolutely. And Absolutely. that's... Like, yeah, I mean... That's what these is... animatic things are. They're like a, yeah. a Band-Aid solution to that. Uh-huh. It is. It's, it's fan fiction. Do you know what I mean, it's yeah. just an extension of fan fiction. You're creating your own fiction from this thing that, that's real. Yeah. Um, and I love it. And so, uh, can extended reading as well. Um, it, a lot of the times, Heather's is one of the shows that people will say, "Hey, I'm just getting into musical theatre. I've listened to Book of Mormon, Les Mis, um, Phantom, Heather's, Rent." Mm-hmm. actually not even rent i'm gonna take rent back we'll just take those <laughs> four um if heathers is there and i'm like this is so interesting yeah that this is something that you've been able to find and it's never even you know i mean it's been in these small theaters in yep. new york and it's not exist out there um and a lot of things you talk about like uh oh yeah i love how that i found them the found is great animatic of it and it just made me fall in love with it and i was like this is so interesting yeah. because i mean i think hamilton definitely had a huge explosion but i think hamilton also kind of came from a very intellectual perspective mm. like people were very academic about hamilton yeah do you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. and obviously you know there are hamil trash out there who will meme the heck out of that show and good right. on you. And they're like, there are um, six syllables in this line and 14 syllables in that line and they're right. like, and that makes a prime number and just, exactly. <laughs> my brain explodes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, we'll all remember your reactionary Tumblr post, Tommy, that still is out there. Um, but uh, <laughs> basically with the Heathers, it seems like it's, it's kind of exclusively this. Um, yeah you know, Heather's trash. And it sounds like I'm trashing them. No, that's just what we call fandoms. Like, right. this fandom is very passionate and very um, besotted and exists completely yeah. online. Yeah. Um, I And, you know, I would say of the, 
like we we talk fandoms a lot because we live in this fandom world um mm-hmm. of the fandoms i of I, that i see i think heather's feels like the most appropriately passionate um which yeah might be might that. be might be fighting words um but like it's weird to me how many people know the different names of all the cats and cats. Um, or like, you know, they talk about what, like, carrot, the guy who carries the carrots around in one scene in the movie version of Les Mis. And it's like, there's memes about Carrot Man out there. Like, yeah. that's ridiculous. We've gone too far. Like, no one ever thought yeah, that you're hard really, about... you're like, going in with the fine tooth comb to be like, who's not talked about this piece of gravel? Ah, yeah. I'll do it. The gravel. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah but, exactly. But and then Heather's Tumblr feels like... like this analysis is appropriate and this joy and passion and, you know, like appreciation of it is equal to the work that went into it i guess exactly exactly yeah that's it i just feel it's like there's just it's just a complete passion project yeah across the board do you know what i mean um because actually do you know what the first time the first time i listened to it the first time i watched it yes i mm-hmm. the bootleg sue me um I don't don't sue me <laughs> I mean, so have a million other people if they right, wanted to. Exactly. It it feel at this point. This I mean, maybe this is a sidetrack, and I'll let you get to your point in a second. But yeah. it feels like with bootlegs, you know, the producing teams, author teams are always doing that balance of advertising versus lost revenue. Um, yeah, and it feels like the Heather's team have very squarely decided that these bootlegs of their production work towards their favor. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, yeah, so I, when I watched it, I was a little bit angry because of how different it was from the film. Mm-hmm. So I've already said that, like, I'm, you know, Heather's film trash. I don't know what we call ourselves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, I'm one of these people that will throw out all the quotes all the time. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's to me, it's it's so quick and amazing. And, you know, like, like Clueless as well, it's just one of these films that I go to and I'm always in love with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um and so the the musical is very different yeah. in many ways. And particularly if you look at Veronica. Um, mm-hmm. So, for example, Veronica in the film is a Heather to start with. Yeah. Um, she's right in that clique already. Um, she has a little bit more, you know, the tension is still there that gets mm-hmm. developed in the musical and she still hates them. Mm-hmm. But, and it's that, it's that line where she's like, um, it's more like the Heathers are people I work with and our job is being popular and shit. Mm. um that's uh, that feeling is still there it's a direct quote from the film um but she never had this like geeky moment to start with um Mm -hmm. and um martha dump truck is not her best friend in the uh in the film she has a different best friend she doesn't feature in Mm -hmm. the the musical at all and i get that that's that's dramaturgy stuff and that's okay um but it was just all these little things. JD very very different. Yeah. Um, you know, a bit more a bit more sympathetic in the musical, and I was a bit like, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. Um, and so I was just a bit like, this is different. This is new, and I, you know, and you're not sure if you're okay with it. And, and I wasn't sure, if it, but then what I realized, and it was the same kind of journey I went on with Legally Blonde, mm-hmm. weirdly with O'Keefe, um, is I was like, it's his own thing. Do you yeah, know what I mean it's yeah. it is it's completely its own thing, um, yeah. and that's just fantastic. Like it's really good, and once you kind of accept that, you can completely love it. Yeah, it makes me wish there was. We were more okay with calling things inspired by as opposed to based on. Yeah, um, 
it really, I do, I mean, maybe this is a bit of a tangent or, or fodder for another podcast, but I think it has to do with America's obsession with intellectual property um, and, you know, original storytelling and things like that. And, like, yeah. we're, we're really possessive of the things we wrote and making sure that, like, they're accurately represented elsewhere or if they're not accurately represented, that, like, we've very specifically described how the inaccuracies exist. Um yeah. And, like, if we were more fluid with, like, yeah, you know, this is kind of based on this. This is mostly inspired by that. It's the same way with passion last week. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, we're taking a lot of the story and the feeling and the sorts of things that we liked from the movie and we're turning into a musical. But it's a musical. It's totally different. People didn't sing in the movie. And so, of course, things are different. And so, you know, we don't feel possessive about that. Exactly. And I think, like, well, because I know you kind of watch them for different things. Like, I would now watch the film for the lines and for the script because the script is is one of my favorite scripts of any Mm -hmm. films ever and the thing is as well if you if you haven't watched the film and you're a really big fan of the musical please please do watch it um i found again in my internet journey a Uh lot of people were like there's a movie yeah i was a bit like what yeah there, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I I experienced it in the other direction. I was musical first, then movie. Um, and like, right, okay, you can you can tell if you know to look for these things. The part from the musical that are the parts from the movie that people love, um, like you know, lick it up or so fuck, fuck me, me gently, gently with, with a family. chainsaw yeah. like yeah. these are the quotes these are you know we're gonna need a bigger boat or yeah. you know luke i am your father like these are the quotes that go on the poster um and so it's great that they're included in the musical but then uh-huh. so interesting to see the things that are different and like how you get that different feeling and even just how a movie that was maybe you know a contemporaneous movie a movie about the 80s set in 1988 uh-huh. um and written in 1988 and produced in 1988 is different from the musical adaptation in the 2010s, but still very squarely set in the 80s and how, you know, two decades of change have affected what follows through and what is exaggerated and what is a stereotype and, like, what has changed. Totally. It's cool. Like, these these are, you know, these are the details we love. These are the things we love talking about. Absolutely. Um... I think one of the things that maybe I dislike, just to mm-hmm. throw out a dislike into there, um, is the the is the Heathers themselves. Yeah. They're a lot more evil in the musical than yeah. they are in the film. Um, yeah. In the film, is they're very the, the I guess that's actually a big part of the film is that JD's murder bent mm-hmm. is really unfounded. Yeah, I mean it's really unfounded because. Yes, the Heathers are bullies. We all know that. We're all very aware, and they're 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 you know nasty people in that respect. But in the musical, you know, like the bit, for example, with Veronica's parents mm-hmm. in the Liverworth, and um, Heather Chandler just drops the croquet ball into the pate. Like yeah. in the movie, they're really nice to her parents, and they're yeah. you know they treat them. It, you know, it's it's almost again. It reminds me of Clueless, like the way that they treat adults. It's like yeah. Oh, we understand you got lots of money, so it's fine. We're really nice to you, yeah. and they're respectful. Um, because at the end of the day, Heather's the Heather's are intelligent people. Mm-hmm. Do you know? What I mean, they're not right. dumb blondes. Yeah, they it's know what not, they're doing. Yeah, it's not Mean Girls, and that's a big, big point. Yeah. Um and I like that. Uh, but the the dropping of the croquet ball, I was like, mm, that's not right. Yeah. That's not right. And I, <laughs> I wonder if they're doing it because 
they want you to uh, maybe not hate JD really, really yeah. quickly. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's it feels like to okay to to draw a sideways comparison. Yeah. Um, this I think is the the interesting challenge of a movie to stage adaptation um, that we see with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory on Broadway okay. right now. Um, in the so let's talk Gene Wilder, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, okay, because yeah. I think that's the one people know, which is actually Willy Wonka, not Charlie Willy and the Chocolate Factory. Chocolate Factory. Yep, yep, yep. Um, the moment you see Gene Wilder and he does that somersault is yep. halfway through the movie. You have watched half of the movie by that time. If you have like a nostalgic post timeline of what the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie or what the Willy Wonka movie is in your mind, it doesn't feel like that. The parts that stand out as bigger are the parts in the factory, you know, from the chocolate river to the TV machine to, you know, the blueberry bit. Like those are the parts that stand out to you. And there's parts that lead up to it, like the, you know, weird British teacher and all the scenes in the chocolate shop and charlie's mother's song that gets cut in every tv broadcast they do of it but these are things i know right um yeah well i I hate the u.s it gets cut all the time um not on ours well charlie yeah no it gets cut cut for time on abc family every time but like these are because that's not what the 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 parts that became the movie and you'd never know these were the parts that became the movie when you made it because that's how time works um it feels the same way with heathers and Mm. so then you flex and adapt your story to to make it who it's about i Mm. think heathers the movie is not entirely but much more about the heathers than the musical is in the musical heathers they're supporting characters. They're one-dimensional. Very much so, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know who they are from their entrance, and the rest is just confirmation. Um, yeah. Whereas, like, in the movie, they develop that, and they're multifaceted. And JD is perhaps a little more one-dimensional, but you know he has a history, and so his dimension was created before, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. before the lights dimmed in the movie theater. Um, yeah. I find this adaptation stuff fascinating. And it it it, mm-hmm. it speaks to me of an intent and a, a carefulness about it that when it doesn't happen in a movie-to-stage adaptation, like, you know, this is why I hate Shrek the musical. This is why yeah. I, I don't particularly like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory the musical. Because the contemporary Broadway version, you don't see Christian Borle as... Uh, Willy Wonka until like right before act two, like right before intermission because they're sticking really close to the movie. Mm -hmm. And you know, if their goal is to make something that can tour and can be financially viable, they shouldn't, they should do something like Heather's where her transformation takes one song. You know, we're like, we get this exposition out of the way and done because you already know how it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, if MD would like to know the rest of my thoughts on the adaptation and the things I like and the things I dislike, come over to Reddit. Come on over to Reddit and <laughs> ask me about them. I really talk. Got a lot to say about the adults. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to drop that in there as a little point of mystique. Okay. Interesting. Mm, Interesting. Um, I will say, though, so many of you guys were like, Oh my god, Heathers, 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 Heathers. Like the only one of the only tweets we've ever had of someone being like, do this podcast yeah. has been about Heathers. You know, so I, w- 
I will say Heather's, I think, is one of the shows where public opinion of it matches my opinion of it because I am such a cynic of these things. Oh, I see. I see. You know what I mean? Populist and... uh Yeah. Like, people love cats and I hate cats. People love Phantom of the Opera and I hate Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Like, you know... But, you know, people love Hamilton and you love Hamilton. I love Hamilton, but I think it's more problematic than some people say, um, Mm -hmm. which might not have come across in our very first podcast we did. (laughs) But we were so young back then. Man, weren't we? Um, But no, I think Heather's... I would be hard-pressed to find something you could improve about Heather's. Yeah. You know? Um, The musical, the design. Yeah, like the stage... The like the the scenic design, yeah. The gen- yep. the direction in general, start to finish. We can we yeah. can chat. Yeah, I agree. Um, but that's <laughs> fine. That's not the musical. That isn't right. the musical. <laughs> so yeah, completely. Um, but no. So if y'all don't make your Reddit accounts and come on over and chat to us about this, I'll be really disappointed. Right? I've been I've been We've, on a comment replying you. kick. You it's, have I've, Tommy's back, everyone. I'm back. Kind I never off. left, but I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know. So you don't all have to put up with just me replying. Um, but no, honestly, I do want to just talk about Reddit because it's getting really good. It's getting really nice out there. And we've been getting some lovely comments, some lovely feedback and well, just interesting discussions. This is, I mean, I've been thinking about this maybe more explicitly this week too. Um, the, because my YouTube channel has seen a weird explosion in growth and I'm yeah. struggling with that. But like, I, I feel like there is this undercurrent of musical theater commentary that's not happening in the way it should. And like, mm-hmm. that's why we do this podcast. That's why we have our YouTube channels. That's why we like doing the things we do. Totally. Um, but it's not, it's not just us. Everyone, you know, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have people watching and enjoying and listening to these things if there weren't other people who liked talking about these exactly, things. Exactly, exactly. And, and there's, there is an arts commentary that doesn't seem to have existed in the musical theater world, and it should, it absolutely should, in a populous, internet-y kind of way that it does about movies and TV shows and books and, uh-huh. you know, audio dramas and radio shows. Um and you know we're, we we are a, a bootstrapping fledgling community, but it's happening. It's starting. It feels it totally like a is. thing. You know, you get people who analyze plays, and you get people who analyze scores. What we're doing is we're analyzing them both together. Yeah, and that's fascinating. That's important, and we're legit people. Yeah, and we're we're, we're doing it out- to the choir, <laughs> right? Exactly. But like to do it outside of the context of either creating the art, being someone who's making a musical, or explicitly yeah. critiquing particular performances, like someone who's writing a newspaper review. But, yeah. you know, to be the intellectual counterpart to the the fancy's trash. And, like, not that there's anything wrong with just loving these things, but then to be able to talk and analyze and discuss and improve, it feels like it furthers the art form. It feels like it's fodder for the next things to happen. What exactly. makes these things successful? They can't just exist accidentally. Well, that's it. The more you delve into something, the more you work out why this is legitimate and why this is art then you can emulate that in your own voice. Yeah. And we are starting to see that. It's creeping out. 
It's really Love nice. It. And like to, to just see the people, you know, we know who you are. We talk about you behind your backs, but in nice ways. We do. Um, yeah, we do a lot like of the time. The people who comment every week, the people who we see make it, you know, doing the stuff on Reddit and starting their own YouTube channels or their own commentary blogs or whatever. Go do it. Like, totally. Yeah. We, we literally stalk and read it all. So uh, everything. Like, this is it. We just want to have the conversation. We, yeah. we ain't the be all and end all. And I would yeah. hate that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I would hate that. Um, yeah. So, common chats is let's all have a big love in um, <laughs> about Heather's. About Heather's, how yeah. exciting! Um, I'm I'm interested to know the the things in the structure of the musical that people have problems with if they exist. Yeah, I exactly. feel like we want to find where are the flaws. We want to go right to the negative. <laughs> I I I feel like they always exist, and you can always point them out. But I really oh, struggle finding them in Heather's. Yeah. Um, you know, and like I can talk for fifteen minutes about crappy rhymes in City of Angels. So if I can't find them in Heather's, it's interesting to me. Exactly. May there be rose tinted glasses. Perhaps. Per- Perhaps. Quizás. Who knows? Exactly. Because um, I think one of the things that we're going to start doing, and we've had a chat about this, I feel mm-hmm. like we're like talking to them as if like, <laughs> as if, like <laughs> we're like completely separate entities that never interact. I know it's weird. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we've had a chat about it. One of the things that we would love to do is for people who might not have read it and aren't being able to participate in the discussion is kind of bring that discussion that we're having into the podcast. Yeah. Because there's really, really interesting stuff. Like I'm finding out loads. Yeah. Um, people's experiences, people's thoughts, opinions, facts. We love it. Absolutely love it all. Um, so yeah, we're going to maybe at the start of some podcast, if we've had some yeah. particularly great discussion, um on a previous episode we might start doing that so yeah. who knows no promises in. y'all y'all know how we are at follow-up yeah, exactly. but like <laughs> please maybe we'll start a couple episodes with some reddit comments or follow-up yeah, about things uh-huh. that we didn't know about if they're high quality so yeah. come and make some high quality stuff it seems like a but dare you can also post, like nonsense as well i know post some nonsense as well that's <laughs> um but yeah just come and join just come and join us because this is that is really the best way for us to to chat like twitter's yeah. all well and good but 140 characters for this waffler, please. No good. Yeah, no, Reddit looks, God, if you let's look just at keep my it organized. Opera breakdown, it's like <laughs> 5,000 words or something. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, so come chat. Come chat. We'll see, you th- we'll see you there. School may not ever end. Still, I miss you. I'd be honored if you'd let me be your friend. My friend. We can be
was Heather's The Musical. Yay. Woo. So I was, I'm so excited to edit this because I get to like listen to it all. <laughs> <laughs> but it's annoying because I think we've only got like three or four song breaks. Yeah. So I might just put three or four. The, the, the whole album at the end. Why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> just every other word. Just... <laughs> That'd be funny, not oh, tedious man. at all. Um, uh, but anyway, I've got a, about Heather's, that's nonsense. What, I've what got a quiz question for you, Jimmy. You ready? Mm-hmm. One of the most popular songs from this musical has been parodied in pretty much every context. It will help you learn about the chemical elements or nations of the world or even what college majors exist. What musical could that possibly be? I also noticed you said musical very pointedly. I was almost as if it had inverted commas around it. Maybe that's a clue. <laughs> um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can. We've already talked about it, but we're still going to tell you how. Here um, we go. Come and find me over on Twitter uh, at Asin Hendrix or YouTube at the same name. And I'm Musical Mash on Twitter or Musical Theater Mash on YouTube. Or you can check out our show Twitter, Jim and Tomic, or our website, JimandTomic.com, which has a link to the Reddit discussion where I know you all already are just commenting away. Exactly. And if you don't even want to go, we never say this, so if you don't want to go to the website, that's okay. Just jump straight over to r slash Musical Mash. And you'll and you'll see it. Are. That rhymed. R it, slash musical mash. R it's slash basically percentage-wise. Musical mash. Sorry, I was hoping you would just keep going. That was beautiful. That was stunning. Uh, I, it might be a, It might as well be R slash Jim and Tomic at this point. Sometimes. Yeah, but that's okay. You still get comments <laughs> in your videos. You I do. do I do. Um, I appreciate every single one of them. Yep. Um. And we would very much love it if you enjoy this podcast, if you would let your friends know all about it, and they can join in the chat too. Yeah. And let's create the conversation. Let's start a revolution. Let's be the conversation. We are the conversation, Jimmy. Yes. I love it. You, dear listener, are also the conversation. You are. You're the best bit about it. Yeah. (sighs) Ah, goodness. And we will see you next week, you lovely people. Adios. What are you eating? Cheese. Well, just pure cheese. Pure cheese. Pure Delicious. cheese, man. Do we get what? I'm sorry. I was just me doing my Glaswegian accent again. <laughs> pure Where cheese. Do you, do you have good cheese in Scotland? Um. Not Scotland. I don't think there's any, like, Scottish cheese. Quite a lot of our good cheese gets made in Yorkshire, in the Dales. Okay. Um, so, like, Wensleydale. I don't know if you uh-huh. get that. <laughs> Wensleydale! Isn't that what the moon is made out of? Yeah, it's made out of Wensleydale. <laughs> Cracking cheese, grommet. Um Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening?
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.